Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. During the Trump presidency, California and Washington, D.C. were locked in a bitter battle over the regulation of vehicle emissions and what the state had the authority to do to cut pollution from cars and trucks. Now, California officials are supporting a Biden administration plan to give back regulatory clout to the state. KQED climate reporter Ezra David Romero has more. Biden's Environmental Protection Agency aims to restore California's Clean Car Authority, which was stripped away by the previous administration. California Air Resources Board Chair Leanne Randolph made the case for returning the authority at a U.S. EPA hearing this week. California continues to struggle to meet the national ambient air quality standards for particulate matter and ozone. And the climate crisis is accelerating. We face serious drought, growing wildfire risk, and substantial threats to air quality. Randolph says California's emissions goals will help meet the existential threat of climate change while reducing air pollution. The public comment period for the proposal ends July 6th. For the California Report, I'm Ezra David Romero. Economists in California continue to paint a pretty rosy picture for pandemic recovery. The latest UCLA Anderson forecast anticipates a robust economic rebound for the United States and California, although forecasters say they expect ups and downs along the way. The report finds that a driving force for an economic recovery will likely be a pent-up demand for leisure and hospitality. But those industries have been struggling to hire workers. Scott Satterfield is general manager of Hotel trio in Healdsburg in Sonoma County. He tells the California report that in wine country, it's been a real challenge to find workers. We are all kind of drinking at the same uh, trough as we're competing for uh, entry-level employees. I mean, I'm competing with, uh, you know, In-N-Out Burger or whatever. And as we all compete for that uh, finite number of applicants, and that number seems to be smaller than it has been, we're finding that people continue to raise their rate of pay. To find workers, Satterfield says the hotels in the area are not only offering higher pay, but added perks to try to entice employees who were furloughed to come back. But he says most hotels are struggling to get back to pre-pandemic staffing levels. That's especially important with the upcoming summer travel season. Satterfield says he's already seen that pent-up demand that economists are talking about, as most hotels in Sonoma County were at or near full capacity for the long Memorial Day weekend. But if hotels are aren't able to find workers, Satterfield says guests could see some service charges to things like room cleaning in the weeks and months ahead. We have noticed that some of our competing hotels actually close off reservations when they can no longer service those rooms. So we have not had to do that thus far, but it's a very big possibility that if we don't hire enough people to service our guests rather than have unhappy guests 
will have to close off reservations, which is unheard of really in the hospitality business. Satterfield says it's especially a challenge in a community like Healdsburg because there's a much smaller pool of potential employees compared to larger metropolitan areas like San Francisco or Los Angeles. And let's stay on job issues. Hundreds of thousands of out-of-work Californians are stuck with frozen accounts and without desperately needed unemployment benefits after being flagged for fraud by the state's Employment Development Department, or EDD. But yesterday, a bill that could protect innocent people snagged by EDD's freeze-first, verify-later policy passed through the Assembly. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin has the details. It's a busy week in the California legislature as lawmakers clamor to get bills through their houses before the June 4th deadline. So when I called San Francisco Assemblymember David Chu to hear about AB 397, he had to check with his staff to make sure he was remembering the votes right. Ah, overwhelming vote, 76-0. Holy cow. Of course. It's a reflection of how frustrated everyone is with how broken the system is. The system is EDD. After getting bilked out of more than $10 billion worth of fake claims, the agency has frozen well over a million applications that it's deemed suspicious. But oftentimes, simple errors can snag claims. It's incredibly easy to make a mistake and provide the wrong information. And when that happens, um, that person is disqualified. And once they're disqualified, they can get stuck trying to get through EDD's notoriously impenetrable system. Right now, People often don't even know why they've been flagged. The new bill would change that. It requires EDD to give a specific reason for disqualification and gives the claimant an opportunity to explain or cure the discrepancy. Basically, the chance to prove their innocence before they're labeled guilty. I think that what EDD has been doing in terms of putting stop payments on accounts after someone has been found eligible for benefits is contradictory to guidance and constitutional law. That's Daniela Urban, executive director of the Center for Workers' Rights in Sacramento. She says if EDD just kept paying applicants while their claims were being investigated, the agency's phone lines might not be so overwhelmed. Because people would be getting payments in the meantime. Um, I wouldn't be so concerned about putting food in their mouth that they feel like they need to call EDD every hour to try to get a remedy. The bill is a positive step forward for Californians who've been mistakenly labeled fraudsters, but it will still need to pass through the Senate and get the governor's signature before it can help anyone. For The California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harbin. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State, because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California, the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.
With 25 migrant deaths occurring in San Diego and Imperial counties since last October, federal authorities are once again warning migrants about the dangers of human smuggling. Here's acting U.S. Attorney in San Diego, Randy Grossman, speaking at a news conference yesterday. To every person who is considering a desperate, perilous journey to the United States, whether in a boat or on foot or in the trunk of a car, don't do it. Just last month, there were two boat crashes involving the smuggling of migrants, one off the coast of Point Loma and the other near La Jolla. A total of four people were killed. And back in March, an overcrowded SUV crashed into a semi-truck on an Imperial County highway, killing 13 migrants from Mexico and Guatemala. Federal legislation introduced by Bay Area Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren would loosen a decades-old system that puts an annual limit on the share of legal immigrants admitted from any one country. KQED's Michelle Wiley explains. Right now, even if an immigrant applying for a work visa has met all the qualifications, their application can still be delayed based on their country of origin. That's because each country faces a 7% cap on employment-based immigrant visas. So India gets the same number of visas as Iceland. Iceland has a population of 350,000. India has a population of 1.2 billion. That's San Jose Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren. She introduced the Eagle Act with Utah Republican John Curtis to remove that cap. Lofgren says that will help American businesses by attracting workers who might be deterred by the current restrictions. Those highly skilled individuals are going to work in Canada. They're going to spend their money there. They're going to create jobs there, not in the U.S. That actually has adverse impacts for the American workforce as well. The bill would also more than double the cap on family-sponsored visas. For The California Report, I'm Michelle Wiley. A bill to offer food assistance benefits to undocumented immigrants is gaining momentum in the state legislature. With more, here's KQED's immigration editor, Tyke Hendricks. The bill is known as Food for All, and advocates say it could benefit up to a million Californians who don't qualify for federally funded CalFresh food stamps because of their immigration status. The bottom line is that food is essential for everyone. That's Benjamin Chow with the California Immigrant Policy Center. He's been pushing for the bill. Though he's now a legal U.S. resident, he says he knows firsthand why it's needed. I was undocumented, and my my whole family is still undocumented. I have a single mother. She had to work extra hard to put food on the table. My family was always at risk of food insecurity. Chow celebrated this week when the state Senate passed the bill, and now Democratic lawmakers have put funding for it in their budget package, $5 million for the coming year, growing to more than $500 million in a few years' time. Central Valley Senator Melissa Hurtado sponsored the Food for All Act. She says immigrant farm workers in her district, many undocumented, have long faced hunger and poverty. But seeing them risk their health during the pandemic to harvest food for others highlighted the need to expand the social safety net to all Californians. Food security is not just about someone's legal status. It's about making sure that that we protect one another in a time of challenges. Now, she says, she'll be making the case to the governor that he should back the budget proposal. This shows that we're compassionate and we're, we're leading the nation, but quite frankly, I think we're leading the world. The legislature has until June 15th to pass the budget, and Newsom must sign it by the end of the month. For The California Report, 
I'm Tyke Hendricks. Mental health services for California's children could get a boost under Governor Gavin Newsom's most recent budget proposal. Health and social service providers say the funding is needed as the state's youngest residents struggle with mental health challenges created during the pandemic. And there's also a severe lack of professionals to help the children. CAP Radio's Sammy Kayola reports. The new plan could put more than $4 billion toward home visiting programs, school counselors, childhood trauma screenings, and better Medi-Cal coverage for psychiatric care. It could also help community organizations hire and train more providers. We've got all of this energy and attention, and yet we have a woefully inadequate workforce. Marika Collins spoke at a recent forum about the proposal. She says they're strapped for workers at the Casa Pacifica Centers for Children and Families on the Central Coast. For our direct care staff, having the option of working with incredibly abused and and traumatized children and and some extreme behaviors or um, working it in and out for $17 an hour. I mean, that is is what Boots on the Ground's perspective is um, today. Advocates say the shortage has been harder felt during the pandemic as children and teens experience high levels of stress, anxiety, and isolation. Sutter Health psychologist Tam Wynn says she's hearing this from her patients. Sleep's becoming a little bit of a problem. I'm feeling a little more lonely. I miss my friends and I miss my family. I miss my grandparents. And sometimes that leads to changes in behavior. So there were those that would act out impulsively and and be a little more verbally aggressive than usual. Others who would actually withdraw or isolate. State health officials say children's hospitals saw a spike in psychiatric emergency room visits during the pandemic. For the California Report, I'm Sammy Kayola. California's largest state workers union has approved a $1 million donation in the effort to help fight the recall of Governor Gavin Newsom. While this may not seem unusual, as Governor Newsom has received support from many unions in the past, it comes amid a leadership change with SEIU Local 1000, which represents 96,000 state workers. The donation was approved during an emergency meeting of the union's board of directors late last week, just days after union president Yvonne Walker lost the president. But incoming union president Richard Lewis Brown says the union shouldn't support the governor because of the state worker pay cut he's imposed during the pandemic. Other board members say the union should wait to endorse until the recall election is closer. And finally this morning, a new study has found that 10% of the world's mature giant sequoia trees were destroyed in a wildfire last year that tore through the southern Sierra Nevada. Researchers with the National Park Service say between 7,500 and 10,000 trees were destroyed in the Castle Fire, which burned 273 square miles in Sequoia National Park last August. Forest managers say this could be devastating for the environment environment, as the trees are among the most efficient at removing and storing carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And that is the California Report for Thursday, June 3rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a good day. Support for the California Report comes from Blue Shield of California, closing the health care gap since 1939. Learn more about their commitment to quality and fair health care for every Californian at news.blueshieldca.com. Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. 
and Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.